The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. That's got him, yes. Here we go. The drive home starts now. Come on. Australia's home of sport. Breaking news. The hardest opinions. Biggest interviews. Getting to the bottom of all the big stories. Tonight, Mick Ennis is here with a bit of loot to talk about with some player movements happening today. Michael Hooper, John Eels medal winner, will join us shortly and a new face for the Test cricket team, but the reason he's made it will raise eyebrows. Welcome to the yes, Rush Hour. We picked a bowler because he can bat a little. Hello, <laughs> Mick Ennis. <laughs> Hello, Dan. Great to be back, mate. How's the holiday? Fantastic. Uh, obviously, worked extremely hard uh, for 10 days on my tan. <laughs> And to come back and I'm fully covered today, which probably is, is say, a good thing for you. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I work extremely hard through the year. I, I was trying, please. Um, so where'd you go? Bali. We went to Bali. Yeah, took the kids out to um, Nusa Dua, um, to a place called the Western. It was a lovely resort. Um, kids they get got, bored? No, kids got a little crook. I did. Yeah, I'm a man that likes to be busy. I think I got to about the fifth day and... Started uh, started thinking about needing that routine back a bit, but um, no, it was good. What did the kids do for ten days? Well, we had some friends there with their uh, we had, with their with their children, and they're all close friends. So, oh, look, it would have been for me extremely, um, yeah, I suppose flat. You know, after four or five days, I probably would have got pretty bored without yeah. them there. But we had a great Hello, time. Hello, Mrs. The Ennis. Food, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the food and the Don't worry, and the she would have been bored with you after two days. <laughs> yeah, no, correct. She was, uh, she certainly was looking for, um, oh, she started going to the gym actually after a couple of days, which. Uh, That's what she told yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, does she? No, no, no. She, well, actually, she, she does. Actually, when I'm on. So. I don't mean any of this is all theatre. Uh, we might take a quick song because we've got a lot of league to talk about. Mitch Rain moved to the Panthers today. Steve Matai apparently is about to retire. Kevin Proctor to the Gold Coast. So we'll Big get day. your thoughts on all those things. Yeah. It is the rush hour, and we do it for Sports Bets Racing Form with animated speed maps and expert tips from Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Rush Hour, Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sports Bets New Racing Form with animated speed maps, runner comments, and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. It is the rush hour getting ahead. On a Friday, Mick Ennis here with Dan Ganane. And uh, you are, by the way, can I just say, with all sincerity, we had a bit of fun at the start. We had so much reaction to your vivid description post of the post grand final experience. We've never had as much feedback for anything as we did for that. So, congratulations. That was a brilliant way that you portrayed, you took us into your world, and, and well done. No, thank you. It was, um, yeah, it was nice to reflect. It was probably one of the first times that, you know, coming in here and being able to do that. So, it was good, and I'm glad people enjoyed it. And now you, your off season would start in a week or two. Yeah. So it's, here we go. It's just uh, you're still wearing a tracksuit. You look like Guido <laughs> Hatzis, to be honest. Uh, mate, to be honest, it's the first time in in a long, long time that I've actually been able to go away on a holiday and not think about training or have it in the back of your mind. When you eat, it's it's a natural reaction. When you're yeah. eating certain foods or you're having a few beers, you know, around the pool, you're kind of thinking. I hope I'm not going to fall too far out of shape here or, you know, lose too much condition. And it was really nice just to relax and switch off. It was really good. Isn't that the hardest thing for players? That Players constantly talk about when they retire, obviously they stop training, certainly to the extent that they did. A lot just give up completely because they've had enough. 
but they can't stop the eating cycle. They're just used to eating a certain amount, a certain you know, a certain amount of meals per day, and a certain amount on the plate per day or per meal. Yeah, I'm probably a little different to be honest, Dan. I had to fight so hard throughout my career to actually put weight on uh, and maintain weight through the season that I was I was extremely overeating um, throughout the season. I'd, I'd have a, uh, if we played on a on a Friday and didn't train till the Monday, the trainer would say to me, "Mate, you need to." eat whatever you can over the weekend and try and get three or four kilos back on. Um, there was time... Well, to be honest, the grand final, I played the grand final at 84 kilos mm-hmm. when I should have been 87. Um, but uh, uh, the most I could get to over a preseason was around 88. But the minute I played a trial game, it was a, it was a battle between 86 and... God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to some league issues. Mitch Rain goes to the Panthers. Now, this has been mooted for a while. It's finally announced today. How is this going to work? You've got Peter yeah. Wallace, who is established now as the number nine and seems to have accepted and has flourished in that position. Yeah, I'm I'm, um, I'm really happy that, that Mitch Rain's found a place in the NRL uh, because I was, I was, you know, a little unsure where he was going to fit at, at this time of the year um, with clubs probably other than Cronulla really established with a, with a number nine at the moment. And the form, I suppose, of Peter Wallace when that, we started to hear about Penrith you know, being his, his potential new home was Wallace's form was sensational throughout the year. Um, yeah, there was talk of him even possibly pushing his way into the, the Australian side. Um, you know, when they take two hookers, uh, so I, I don't know how how and where he fits. I think he's a quality player. Well, uh, there was a, there was a there was a time not that long ago he was ahead of you in the New South Wales on the New South Wales totem pole. Now I think you quite clearly usurped him at the end, but there was that period there where he was sort of if Robbie Farrow goes down, he he's in the mix. For me, Mitch Rain, I think he's got a he's obviously a tireless worker. Uh, he's not gonna let you down in that area. I think he's got some real craft about what he does at dummy half at times. I just think from an outsider looking in uh, I think Mitch Rain at times, when the game speeds up and, and they start to gain momentum, he at times overplays things or tries to overcreate, um, you know, in in that sort of role. And, and we're all guilty of that dummy halves at times, but it's a knack to be able to know when and where. Um, and certainly something that um, I think out there in Penrith on the back of that forward pack, it's something that he will face because they do generate a yeah. lot of momentum. Guys like G- Campbell Gillard and... Um, you know, hopefully with Tamare Martin coming back, um, that Cartwright will end up back in the back row, and they and they create plenty of momentum there, there forward. So, I think it's a good signing. I don't know where it fits, um, but I think certainly with uh, Peter Walsh has had a few injuries in his time with his knees, uh, and obviously young Tamare Martin still pretty fresh. That there'll be plenty of opportunity there. Okay. Uh... Steve Matai, it's not official, but it's been reported today by the Herald that he's going to call it a day. He's battled injury his whole career. 229 games and I think 12, 10 or 12 test matches for the Kiwis. A, if he goes, my goodness, that's a big hole considering Jamie Lyon has also departed. It's been their strength for so long, hasn't it? That centre three-quarter pairing um, had so much success uh, only a few years back. Um, you know, a number of grand finals and just been... Um, I still think on his day, he's probably the best dummy half runner in, in the game. He, he tends to create that momentum at the start of a set for Matt Manly. Tye. Yeah, really? absolutely, yeah. Uh, his combination with George Tafua is certainly one at times where we've spoken about trying to kick away from them. Uh, hopefully so, only either one or the other comes across to the other side of the field to have a carry. You want to try and stay away from them as much as possible. 
And, and you're right. I think, Dan, it's, if he retires, um, he certainly has battled with some injuries. Um, it looks like at times that neck seems to have caused him an awful amount of grief. But um, Brett Stewart, really the, the final... Um, all of a sudden, from the success and that that squad yeah. has has deteriorated, and all of a sudden he becomes a, a, a crucial player instead of a player who's sort of fading out. And you know, Tom Trebojevic is going to be the number one. All of a sudden, you're going to need Brett Stewart next year, and probably put Tom in the centres. Would, would I be right? I mean, they've got to fill the centre positions. That I'm looking here at the ins and outs via the NRL.com website. Uh, the ins for next year: Sean Lane, second row from the Warriors; Blake Green, so he and well, you've got Dylan Walker, of course, so he'll be in the centres. You've got Cam- Cameron Cullen and Aquila Uate. Uh, so you've, you're going to have Dylan Walker in the centres, I gather. You haven't got, you've got Blake Green there to be a 5'8". Yep. So I imagine they'd put Trebojevic, wouldn't they, in the centres? Or well, Yeah, I, I'd imagine so. I thought we played him a couple of times this year um, in the centres, and I thought he was really handy. Um, he, he played us out at Shark Park one night and was definitely by far their best at centre. Mm. Um, but if Stewart goes down again... Uh, as he's prone to do at this stage of his career, then Trebojevic goes at the back, and you've got to fill that you fill that hole. I think it's the experience. I think you know when when guys like Trebojevic, even guys like Jamie Bura, you know, a few years back came into the side. You looked around the park, and you had Stewart behind you at fullback. You had Matai on one side. You had Lyon on the other. You had Foran and Cherry Evans together. You had you know Watmau and Glenn Stewart, and those guys all in the middle third of the field. And all of a sudden, all that experience is just gone mm. uh, in a short space of time. And you know, as, as good a coach as, as Trent Barrett is, I think you know next year it'll it'll again test him with you know really Cherry Evans and and Brett Stewart now the the remaining guys. Look, Blake, Blake Green will, will certainly add some quite some experience now uh, in that key playmaking role, and I think he will certainly help out Daly Cherry Evans, and mm. I think it will definitely free up um, us to see the best of Dylan Walker back at, at centre. I don't think five eight worked for him. Um, so, yeah, interesting time for Manly, but it will be a big loss for them if Steve um, calls it a day. And uh, Kevin Proctor with the Gold Coast for three years. Jamal Idris, I know this happened a couple of days ago. You played with him at Canterbury. You did play with him at Canterbury. Yeah, you did. too. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, why hasn't it happened for Jamal? I mean, obviously there's there's personal issues there. Can you see it working? If it hasn't worked up to this point, yeah. I mean, the, the kid did play Origin in 2010 and test football in 2011 but then it, it hasn't gone so well if it hasn't worked to now can it work can it work again yeah I had a great relationship with Jamal real fun character to be around at training um, and I just thought um, to, to be brutally honest I think I won't go down the, the personal side of things um, because it, that's obviously been spoken about enough from a footballing perspective I thought the biggest decision he got wrong was leaving Canterbury no, for, for no fault of um, Penrith or, or the Gold Coast Titans for the sheer fact there was a, there was a certain trainer at uh, the Bulldogs that really had Jamal's best interests at heart right. um, t- knew that he was a special uh, uh, individual he was a special uh, talent but also just was there on hand and foot for him if, if Jamal needed extra training he did it for him he, he took him um, you know numerous times uh, took phone calls from him to make sure that he was he was right and to get to get him you know to and from training or organise different things for him and really had I, I could see it really had Jamal's best interests at heart um, and uh, I thought all of a sudden that rapid rise of Jamal playing test football and origin football it was the right time to still have ride those highs but when you when you you know didn't play well or um, your performance wasn't quite there you had someone like you know Tony Grimaldi there who was working with him um, you know to fall back on and, and as your support network and I think I thought Tony 
as I said, would have done a really good job for him over those that period of time. Okay. And, and I think Des Hasler would have been good for him too. Um, so what's happened's happened. I'm glad he's got an opportunity. I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think he'll he'll do wonders if he can um, get into some good condition, get that um, that footy shape back. And he'll be a real handful uh, for the West Tigers. And with that young group, I think uh, it's it's real timely that he comes into it um, wanting to play. That's the biggest headline I've seen from Jamal. I'm playing because I want to play. Wanna play. So I'm looking forward to it. If you want to ask Mick a question, we've got a little bit of time for calls. Not much because we've still got Michael Hooper to come a little later. And we're going to talk about the Test Cricket team. But you can call us, one triple three five three. This is the Rush Hour for Sports Bets Racing Form. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sports Bets New Racing Form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Now to Leo, Ben, Nick, Andrew and Robert. Uh, please don't think we're rude. We're going to get your question and then fo- and then move on because we we want to get through as many as we can. Mick Ennis uh, is here, so uh, let's take some calls. Leo, one triple three five three. You're first to to have the stage. Fire away. Yeah, mate. How you going, Mickey? It was uh, good to watch the Sharkies in the Premiership. I just want to ask, um, who do you reckon is going to best take your spot next season? Uh, thanks, Leo. I appreciate that, mate, and thanks for the call. I think, um, mate, I haven't seen a lot of Cherrington yet, so at the moment I'd probably have to say it'll either be Braley or New Brown, but... I don't know exactly yet. I think the a lot will happen over the off-season. Sorry, mate. All right. Ben, you got a Bulldogs question for Mick. Yeah, long-time fan. Um, what will make Des Hasler uh, change his game, game plan? Oh, mate, that's a difficult one. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know that. I think, obviously, he'll be disappointed with certainly their finish this year. Um, so he'll definitely look at areas and probably look at some of the teams that, that did have a little bit more success in the styles that they played. I'd imagine that'd probably be starting point. Thanks, mate. Do you think that, I mean, he was, whether it officially happened or not, this whole experience of being called into board meetings and extra, extraordinary board meetings, that's their version of hauling him over the coals and, and giving him a, a warning. Do you think that will trigger him to take action and think, okay, I better change a few things? Or is he the type of character that will go, no, buggy, I'm still going to do it my way? Uh, to be honest, I know Des is a, he's a pretty strong character and he certainly likes um, to um, play the style of football that he does. But I also know that he's a, he's a very intelligent guy around football and know that, you know, his side um, at times, you know, let's not forget at round 20, they were, they were upwards of nearly the top four. I know they didn't play that well at, at times and cop plenty from the press. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be highly surprised if he doesn't make some changes to the, to the mm. way they play. I think that they certainly, um, there's definitely some area there for them to play uh, a lot more attack um, around their dummy half. I, I think that that area needs to, you know, we talk about Mbai and Reynolds a lot. Yep. But I think those guys will play much better football if they get more attacking prowess out of out of Michael Lucio. I think that um, he was certainly capable of that in the under-20s. But at the moment... Uh, you don't a see a lot machine. of that. That's right. So, uh, and you know, you look at the sides that were up the up around the top. You know, you, Canberra had Hodgson who, who gets out and plays. Smith gets out and plays. Uh, Granville was getting out and playing for the Cowboys. So, um, there's certainly an area in the modern game for that to um, for that to take place. Let's go to Nick. You've got a Bulldogs question, Nick. Yeah, g'day, Mick. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Mate, um, this is probably a bit left field, but what's your thoughts on potentially moving Moses Mumbai to fullback? Uh, he's definitely got the leg speed to be able to do it. And I thought at times, um, a couple of years back when I was there and, and Moses was sort of that centre, oh, fill in half, I thought it was definitely a possibility. So it's it's a fair point there. I thought 
in saying that, Will Hopawati probably played his best football that he's played for a number of years uh, this year at fullback. Um, and, and certainly you, you've got Brett Morris there that's been outstanding at fullback as well. I'd be surprised uh, if they did do that, but it, it, it could work. It could, could he work. be a hooker? Uh, well, he played hooker and played pretty well in, in that grand final that, that I missed. Um, uh, the, the question is then who goes to to half mm. you know that's that's it had they have got four and yes I think it could have worked but no I imagine I, I think at the moment their best combination would be Mbai and Reynolds um, but again I, I stress the fact that I think um, Leisha can provide more from dummy half L- Andrew you have got a Sharky's question for Mick hey Mick big big time fan um, I just wanted to I was just wondering are you working with the Sharks at all next year and uh, also I was wondering uh whether you think Flanner's going to be able to handle the grand final hangover that, that may come. Yeah, he's, well, first of all, great to talk to you, Andrew. And um, yes, mate, I will be having a role with the Sharks next season. Uh, at the moment, just working through um, what exactly that will be. I'll be doing a, a, a small part of uh, coaching with some of their young dummy halves and um, but and then also some off-field stuff with them. So working through that at the moment. And um, mate, I, I don't think, Shane, look, look every... It hasn't been done since 92 no or 93. So, yeah. Although, although, what do you think about it? The Cowboys handled it pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, and I think I think Shane Flanagan is pretty um, pretty similar in some ways to, to Paul Green in terms of their mannerisms, and, and they're pretty calm guys. Uh, so I think I think that side of things Flano will handle really well. Uh, it will be performance, you know, and, and essentially that comes down to the hunger of the players and... I think what he puts in place, Shane Flanagan, to answer your question, Andrew will be there. I think I don't think he'll take the foot off the pedal, but it's um, it'll just be a matter of the, of the players. And there's certainly again with winning the grand final, other than myself, uh, the the majority of the side will be there, and it is still that great balance of youth and experience. All right, thank you everyone for your questions. We'd take more, but we have, we haven't got time unfortunately. We've got to do a sports update after this. It is the Rush Hour for Sports Bets Racing Form. More after this. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sports Bets New Racing Form with animated speed maps, runner comments, and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, Triple M. It is the Rush Hour of a Friday night. We do it for Sports Bets. Uh, new racing form. We'll catch up with Joel Kane shortly to get the odds on all the weekend's action for sportsbet.com.au. Uh, producer Thomas has told me that John Grant, the ARL commissioner, has just absolutely put the cleaners through Andrew Fafita. So you'll be happy to know, Mick, that we're going to play that and then get your comment on it. <laughs> terrific. Because that's how you're now in the media. Yeah, terrific. So we just toss one up for you and hopefully we get uh, a quote somewhere. Mate, it'll be like seeing the new ball in Perth next week. I'm right in the middle, day one. <laughs> Come on, you're not a player anymore. You can actually have an opinion. Save $89 on your gym membership with $0 joining fee. Visit jets.com.au. Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour. Live sports update. No, that's not fair that we got you because you do give opinions. Who is Joe Many? Well, if you weren't asking when he played in that disastrous one-day series against South Africa, you might be asking now, given he's been picked to play in next Thursday's first test against South Africa at the Wacker. Well, Many is 27, tall, medium fast, more medium than medium fast, plays for South Australia in the Shield, ultra consistent. Uh, in the two one-dayers he played against South Africa, uh, he took none for 82 on debut. I think it was the worst debut ever. Three for 49. But here's where he's pretty good. First class average, 26.6. That's with the ball, obviously. Uh, Last year's leading wicket taker in the Shield. And at the Wacker, 29 wickets in six matches at an average of 23. 
So, Mick, you could build a case on those numbers that, all right, we mightn't have heard of this bloke, and Jackson Bird might, you might make a better argument. He's been there before. But, okay, based on those stats, if you want to go that way, that's why Joe Many is in. But that's not the reason, according to Chairman of Selectors, Rod Marsh. I talked to Jackson again this morning and I, I said to Jackson the thing that probably cost him a place was his batting. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about... Uh, a tail ender. A tail ender. Yeah. And we're going to talk about his batting average. Now, I find that highly concerning considering some of our batting performances of, of late to think that we're actually going to rely on a guy with an average of 18 with a bit of hope because he can bowl too. Aren't you supposed to pick the players that are going to get you 20 wickets well, for, the, for the lowest amount of runs possible? Well, in saying that, and I'm glad you said that, he's average at the whacker and obviously, you know, in his first-class cricket is really good. But for the people that haven't seen what you've seen today and actually gone and had the time to wonder who he is... They're, they're thinking, well... But that's the reason. He's batting. I hope he I hope he gets his 18. <laughs> Fair dinkum. Sean Marsh is in. Usman Khawaj has won text, test exile is over. Mitchell Marsh bats at six again. Well, he's got an average... And now, this is unbelievable. So, Jackson Bird can't bat, so he can't play. Mitchell Marsh has an average, I think, in the low 20s. But he'll bat number six. Now, here's when technology goes wrong. Channel 7 has apologised for accidentally suggesting Danny Green called Anthony Mundine a terrorist. Uh, in the big press conference earlier in the week, Green sarcastically said to Mundine, you're scaring me, I'm terrified. But somehow it turned into a graphic on the screen which read, <laughs> he called Mundine a terrorist. Green has indicated 7 blame voice recognition technology for the error. So it's Siri's fault. <laughs> anyway, it was all, everyone, there's no lawsuits, it's all happy families, the apology accepted, we move on, it happens. WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, has slammed the methods used for the Rio Olympics because of, in their words, serious failings. Here are some of them. Of the 11,000 athletes at the Games, over 4,000 of them hadn't had a single test in all of 2016. Wow. They say on some days, 50% of athletes in the firing line for target testing uh, during the Olympics couldn't be found uh, because they didn't actually disclose where they were going to be, even though they were supposed to disclose. And this is the best one of all. A hundred samples weren't matched to an athlete because of data entry issues. <laughs> the person putting in the, da the oh data God. got it wrong. That's incredible. Oh, I, know, I know for a fact that with Rugby League, there are guys that are target tested and they get tested regularly throughout the year. That, that does happen. Jeez, they must get peed off. Yeah, they do. They do. And because it just happens some days on the worst days possible. Uh, and the other one is that I have, I've given details of where my family holidays and stuff are going to be at the end of the season. And you need to know exactly the resort and, and where you're going and what dates. And so it does happen to think that that can't happen at the biggest sporting event <laughs> in the world that, that happens every four yeah, years. We're in the village. Yeah, yeah, we are. Room yeah, 3801, building seven. Checked in on day one, hasn't been spotted for 10, but all good. <laughs> He's here somewhere. And we've been talking about the ludicrous prices during the week to get into the Baseball's World Series in Chicago. Now it's going to cost just to get into a nearby bar. <laughs> Venues near the, near the stadium are charging a $100 cover charge. Wow. And that's not an all-you-can-drink situation. That's just to get in. And if you want the luxury of a table... You're looking at a minimum $1,500 spend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That is incredible. That is incredible. Well, that's when you know your sport's going well, when every 
tickets pretty much sold out. But would you... Okay, so let's say you can't get a ticket into the grand final... Well, Homebush is a bad example. Uh, okay, let's say there's a major event at Allianz Stadium. Yep. Would you... And you, you're not going in. Would you make the effort to go no to way a in the bar? No a way nearby in the bar? Yeah, no. No way in the world. But the Americans are fanatical with their, with their baseball and... Um, they're, they're well, it's a big thing to, you know, even, even if yeah. you're not in the stadium, just to, you know, ho- uh, walk, uh, walk out onto the onto the street. So yeah. it's sort of this well, big communal the, the college, thing. The college football, they have the, the big car park parties oh, yeah. for, for the days. Tailgate. Yeah, but before the, even the, the event. And that's college football. So that is a sports update for... And 20, you love your cash, too. You wouldn't, you wouldn't not get out of it. <laughs> oh, no, I've spent some money on stupid have things. You? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Well, I'll spend two grand to get into the Super Bowl. Yeah, Two right. grand American. Yeah. I'd do it once. I wouldn't yeah. do it again. <laughs> it was a good one. A fantastic once. I'd never do it again. This is the Rush Hour. Jeez, we're late. Uh, Michael Hooper joining us shortly. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Yes, it is the Rush Hour. Mick Ennis here with Dan Ganane. We do it for Sportsbet's racing form. And uh, we are going to quickly scurry off to the airport here because this man, in fact, he might be holding up a flight so he can talk to us. Michael Hooper, the John Eels medal winner. Hello to you. I wish I was that important, mate, that I could hold up a flight, but uh, not, not, not at all. Well, please tell me, please tell me you get a bump. The, the John Eels medalist, because it's always on just before the tour, the, the, whoever wins the medal gets bumped up to the next class, gets bumped up to first class. No, mate. No, we're not that lucky, unfortunately. Um, no, we're just in... Sorry, I'm just in a spa room and I've been kicked oh, out. Um, <laughs> Trying to take the call. No, it's... Uh, mate, we're lucky enough to get business class. So I'm happy with that. My little legs uh, are fine in there. Now, which wallaby... We can be honest. It's only you and me talking and Mick listening. Which wallaby always gets pulled up at the random search? Um, oh, mate. I'll, like, it's more just like dropping an apple in a guy's bag when they're going through biosecurity. Like, um, that's like a $250 fine. So, no, <laughs> everyone's pretty good, but... You can get a little apple in someone's bag and you're in the lounge early on and they get stung with that. It's a nice one. <laughs> hey, Mick, um, obviously a, a really tough start to, to the campaign in 2016, but, but what is it that you're looking for on this tour that can actually make 2016 some success? Um, look, I think we, the way the squad's been picked, um, who's in it, we've got a really good opportunity to build some um, good experience within the group. Like, um, you know, the, the focus is day-to-day, as cliche as it sounds. But with that and with really good training sessions will come, um, you know, a really successful tour. So, I mean, we've got Wales next week, so we've got to hit the ground running when we get in there in a day and a half or whatever it is. And, um, you know, really look forward to what is good, going to be a great trip on and off the field um, for all these guys, um, young and old. Now, forgive me if I got this wrong. I, was, I had the, the Fox Sports News on in the background today and I, I wasn't really listening. I was doing something else. But did I hear you say you still think Izzy Folau is the best player in the world? Yeah, mate. Um, you know, I've seen some things that bloke do on the field. I don't think anyone else can do. Like, um, you know, as, as an individual talent, um, physically and you know, mentally, you know, the consistency that guy brings is is um, is pretty impressive. And I'm I'm always impressed by the bloke. Um, you know, very humble. Um, you know, very humble guy. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy for him that you know he started to get some really good ball in hand, um, particularly in the last game against New Zealand, and start to show. You know what I'm talking about. Off, um, you know, it's, we, we've had our tough, tough um, spats this year as a team, and getting in the ball has been difficult. But you know, in the last game, um, you're starting to show again. All right, Mick, be honest. Uh, at fifteen ten, had that try been allowed, do you guys win? 
Uh, I was I was walking back. Um, you know, after that try was scored at the time, going, um, you know, we're on here, like the boys, the boys are on. So, you know, mentally, um, you know, not being able to account for how they were going, um, you know, we we were on a roll, we were doing well. So, um, you know, what will be, what what will be, will be. But mate, I would love to, you know, know what happened if <laughs> if we did get that try allowed. All right. Well, good luck on the tour. Congratulations on the medal. Bloody hell, we hardly talked about the medal, but it's the second time you've won it. Uh, well done, and we'll let you go and get your flight. What's the plane? It's a long flight. Are we sleeping first, or are we holding off and then taking the tablet? Yeah, I think I might. Um, yeah, get a bit of movie action going first, and then and then get some sleep later on, mate. And uh, yeah, um, really enjoy myself. <laughs> All right. Well, you enjoy that business class, mate. We're, we're, the rest of us can only dream. <laughs> Michael you. Hooper, a deserved uh, John Eels medal is joining us on the Rush Hour. We'll have more after this. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Uh, so this news just coming through in the last 10 minutes. The South Sydney Rabbitohs have extended the contract of head coach Michael Maguire until the end of at least 2019. So that is the next three seasons locked in for a coach who many times over the last couple of years, there's been suggestions that maybe uh, he and the, and the South Sydney side was set to part ways. He was too hard on the players. He was too soft on the players. But there we go. The, uh, the only premiership coach at South over the last, what, 45 years? gets another three years. Yeah, I think it's great for him. Obviously, as you said, there's been a lot of speculation, but that's a wonderful throw of support behind him. And you know, obviously with the addition of Robbie Farrar and, um, you know, the Burgess boys another year, or especially Sam, another year into being back in league, uh, they'll be looking for a big year next year. And you think it's a very smart choice, don't you, uh, that um, uh, that Robbie has gone with South and you think that's going to work for everyone? Well, yeah, it has I, the potential to work for everyone. Yeah, I, I thought the one... Um, thing with South this year where they uh, looked a little disjointed was uh, some weeks McInnes, some weeks Cook. I think they really need some s- stability like they had with Isaac Luke and Robbie uh, should bring that. Um, and obviously I think you know on the back of a um, you know a, a, a season where they didn't make the finals, uh, they're certainly going to be really hungry to try and change that. Um, and then he comes in wanting to uh, eliminate you know the last few seasons that he's had at the Tigers and try and get back to playing the football that he was capable of. So I think it I think it works. Well, they've committed to Cook as well, so they've got that position locked down for a little while. Let's do this. Save eighty nine dollars on your gym membership with zero dollars joining fee. Visit jets.com.au right now. This is the Triple M Rush Hour Sports Update. Uh, only a couple here. Uh, Mitch Rain has joined the Panthers, and Steve Matai is reportedly set to retire. And tonight in the A League, it's Melbourne City and Adelaide. United. That's for Jets 24-hour fitness. Uh, what I did forget to play, this is, uh, courtesy of 7 News, John Grant talking about your former teammate, Andrew Fafita. Fed up with Andrew Fafita's antics, John Grant unloaded on the controversial Cronulla star. What Andrew needs to do is what he's been asked to do, which is behave like an adult. It's really as simple as that. It's impossible to believe that Andrew, either through his club, through his coach, through the NRL doesn't clearly know what's expected of him. Fafita's subsequent threat to quit the NRL incensed power brokers at league headquarters. Very disappointed. I mean, very disappointed for Cronulla, very disappointed for the game, very disappointed for Andrew. He doesn't need to do that. And I don't even know why there'd be any contemplation of that. Boy, oh boy, John Grant. So you've had John Grant, Todd Greenberg, basically eliminate him from the kangaroos. I don't remember... 
this institutional outrage at Blake Ferguson, at Russell Packer. Yes, they were banned from the game. Uh, other people that have beha- misbehaved in the past. It's um, quite the strong statement there from the ARL commissioner. Yeah, well, I think obviously at the moment there's a lot of focus around Andrew um, because of obviously his performance in the grand final. So he's obviously, you know, was nearly best on ground that night. Obviously Luke got the medal and he was, Andrew wasn't certainly far behind him. Look, I know Andrew's working extremely hard. For me, Andrew's a guy that... A lot of his indiscretions, and, and I've, I've said it before, he's a guy that really sticks up for, you know, his mates. You know, and that's what's got him into, into trouble at times, you know. And um, and he's, um, you know, I think the, the situation, I think, with the refereeing, you know, there was an I- issue there where, mm-hmm. he, where David was, uh, something was happening there with David. Um, and then obviously this, you know, really unfortunate incident around uh, the Kieran Loveridge mm-hmm. uh, situation um, is another incident where, you know, he's trying to, to, to do the right thing. But just, um, yeah, look, it, it, Andrew's a terrific guy. Andrew's a guy that, that I've uh, really warmed to since I've come to Cronulla. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to when I'm, you know, working with Cronulla, trying to help him through some of these um, issues because deep down there's a, there's a really good person there and um, he is working extremely hard to... To um to get that he's a terrific uh, friend and uh, he's a, he was a terrific teammate to play with uh, in the grand final celebrations and we'll get to you Joel in a second in the grand final celebrations and everyone's yahooing and you're giving it to each other did you say to Louis mate we love you but give the medal to Andrew <laughs> come on Louis <laughs> no, you, we love you mate but come on give that medal to Fafita I actually uh, had, on NRL three hundred and sixty for weeks, so I think it was all the final series. They asked us for predictions every Tuesday, and I got every one of them wrong, <laughs> bar the Luke Lewis, <laughs> Clive Churchill medal. But that doesn't mean he was the so, best player on the so, night because you predicted it. <laughs> Let's go to Joel Cage, sportsbet.com.au. Actually, you know what? He's uh, he could ferret out a dummy half. This bloke, he could be the and he, he's a Sharks man now. He is. He's he could ja- yeah, he's call his games for Fox on Saturday and play for the Sharks on Sunday. Hello, Joel. <laughs> hey boys, how you doing? Hey, just on Luke Lewis, I, I don't think. Well, anyone knows this story, really. I, I asked Luke Lewis about, and Dan, you've called many, many games where a player slides through. In this case, it was Maloney. He links up with Lewis, and Lewis is, we think, heading towards a try, the first try of the NRL Grand Final. Mm-hmm. And I said this to Luke. I said, Luke, I haven't really seen a player resist that temptation to put that arm out and score the try. I said, why did you not try and score that first try of the Grand Final? And this is the elder statesman in him. He said, mate, as I was sliding through, A, I was hoping someone would tackle me and push me over the trial line, but B, I knew if I extend the arm within 30 seconds, they'd do a penalty and we'd be defending our own line against this great Melbourne Storm outfit. And I thought, gee whiz, I don't know how many players would pass that test. And as it turns out, they do get the ball back, Gallon to Barber, that's the first try of the match. And Mick, honestly, how many players would pass that test? Yeah, no, you're spot on. That, that's the maturity of him, mate. And I thought his final series exempt that. I thought he was, you know, I thought the Clive Churchill, you know, while there was a lot of conjecture, you know, people saying Andrew Fafita, Luke was excellent in a lot of ways that people, you know, to the naked eye wouldn't stuff. have seen. And his performance throughout the whole final series yeah. uh, was sensational. And I thought in in those big moments, he really rose to the occasion. All right, there we go. Uh, let's uh, get to some uh, races, Joel, because tomorrow, uh, this is, I think, your favourite day of the year. I know you love your Melbourne Cup, but yeah, uh, yeah. this is what everyone says is the best race day in Australia. No, no, no doubt about that, Dan. Four group ones, but it's all about the derby. And uh, I'm down here in Melbourne at the moment and speaking to a lot of people, including... I had a chat this morning or today, this afternoon, with Kieran Ma, the trainer 
of uh, Jamaica, who won the Caulfield Cup, second favourite for the Melbourne Cup. And he, along with one of our top traders, they are declaring Sacred Elixir to win the Derby. $2.70 there, if you like it. The dangers, they're all S's. Swear, $7.50. Sosa Bond, $9. But at all the rage, $2.70. Kieran Ma declaring Sacred Elixir. Kenny oh. Callender would have a field day with those, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, can I give you a warning, right? So, oh, oh, Renown yes. is a pest on the field. Can I tell you now, yeah. the media have no idea whatever he did on the field <laughs> is going to be 10 times worse in the commentary box with this bloke. You call a game with him and he's pointing to names and he's coming up with a rhyming slang. He completely derails what you're trying to achieve. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, you're you're going to have to. Call, are you going to do Saturday afternoon games with this bloke, Mick? I'm hoping so. We've had some fun. I mean, obviously, at times with Joel, it gets a little flat up there with his sense of humor. So I've got to try and try and. Lift he's the been well behaved. He's done a couple of games with us on Triple M. He's been pretty well behaved. Yeah, but yeah, I know that's because at the moment he thinks he's an outsider and he hasn't sort yeah, of earned the right. I know that'll change. change in the next once he signs his contract. Percent. Uh, all right. Um, quickly on the Melbourne Cup, we are running out of time. But um, anything we need to know about the Cup at this point. Yeah, look, Hartnell with the locals, they're saying locals versus internationals. Hartnell, $4.20. For the internationals, they're thinking Bondi Beach, $10. Wicklow Brave, $16. You've got the Four Nations coming up. Australia giving 40 and a half start to Scotland, boys. But um, yeah, it's an amazing... What, what do you think there, Michael? Yeah, I, I think uh, it'll be pretty close to the money, to be honest, Joel. I really do. I think, um, yeah, look, the Australian side just... Uh, well, also, I think they'll be spirited, certainly, the Scots. I think Australia have got a lot to play for. And it's, it, it is an important game, you know, as much as... You might not think so. In terms of the scheme of things, getting uh, these points to get towards that final is a vital game considering the importance of the other game. There's every chance that Australia, England and New Zealand could win two and lose one and it all comes down to four and against. In fact, the way Scotland got here, because you think it's Scotland in the four nations, where's France? Well, they had the European Cup in 2014 and it got down to the last game. Scotland, France. France had to beat the Scots by 18 to make it through. They won by 16. Well, there you so go. they missed out on for and against by three points. And the Kiwis get better as the tournament goes on. So Australia can't afford to start slow. They need to get a lot yep. of points on. Uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, so that's why we've got Scotland in. And that is at 6 a.m. tomorrow, Sydney time, 5 a.m. Brisbane. And that's on GEM, uh, the Channel 9 uh, secondary channel. And No, I shouldn't call it secondary. They don't like that. But anyway, it's on the GEM channel. England, New Zealand is about midnight tomorrow night, give or take. So uh, there we go. That's uh, obviously going to be the closer match of the two. Please gamble responsibly. You've got the new racing form as well. Animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Talk to you tomorrow, Joel. Great to chat. See you, boys. Thank you. Thank you, Mick. Thank you for putting in the 10 minutes of overtime as well. No, mate, it's been brilliant. It's great to be back. Great to be back. All right, we will see you uh, over the weekend and back on this show on Monday. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly.